This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. All right, here's the bottom line with the Yankees in the starting rotation, okay? Carlos Rodon is no closer to getting back out on that mound. We don't know when we're going to see him. This rotation is in tatters right now. You know, Nestor's on the IL. You need the guys that are available and supposedly healthy for you to do what they're supposed to do. Severino was an all-star once upon a time. The guy was a Cy Young finalist once upon a time. They need somebody at least that sort of resembles that. Next man up, pick up the slack, all those things. Yanks aren't doing that as a whole right now, at least from this rotation. And oh, by the way, if Aaron Judge is going to be out of the lineup, the pitching staff is going to be called upon even more so to limit what these teams are doing offensively. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Two hours down, we got one more to play with. 800-919-3776. We got Harvey, we got Joe as well. Gordon and Larry are coming up at the top of the hour. The dynamic duo. Remember, you could get us on Twitter at Dan Grosser. G-R-A-C-A. P.J. Carlissimo, our very own here at ESPN, is going to join us in about 15 minutes, talk a little NBA Finals. Game four coming up tomorrow with the Heat and the Nuggets. Done a lot of baseball so far tonight, keeping our eyes on the Metropolitans. They just got another one on the board. Starling Marte beating the throw home, getting the tag in. Mets had to use replay challenge to confirm it, but it counts just the same. So a 9-5 to five Mets lead over the Braves right now in the fifth inning. Still a lot of baseball to play. And if I would have told you before we got going that both starting pitchers, Spencer Strider and Justin Verlander, two of the best at their craft, neither one of them would even see the fifth inning tonight, you probably would have thought I was crazy. But that's the reality. Verlander lasted three, gave up four earned runs, 82 pitches. Strider went four, gave up eight runs, 87 pitches. So that's why you never know what you're going to see when you watch a baseball game. But the Mets' 9-5 to lead, maybe just maybe they'll be able to salvage something in this series before they move on to Pittsburgh. Yanks, after dropping the opener of their doubleheader today, 6-5. to Severino had problems again keeping the ball in the yard, give up three home runs. Tonight, the Yanks have returned the favor. They've hit the ball out of the ballpark. Labor Torres, a two-run shot. Billy McKinney, a solo blast off of Mike Clevenger. So the Yanks have a 3 nothing lead going to the bottom of the sixth. And how about, you know, Randy Vasquez? You know, making that spot start here with Nestor on the shelf. Vasquez, nice job tonight. Five and two-thirds, only gives up two hits. Keeps the White Sox off the scoreboard. You'll take that any day of the week. As the Yankees await word on Aaron Judge in particular and the mystery and how much longer he's going to be out and blah, 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 and all those things. But at least they're winning baseball games in the meantime here. And as I said, we'll do a little NBA Finals with P.J. Carlissimo little later in the program. If you missed the first hour, you could go back and listen on the app, you know, on demand. We had a lot of fun, um, mostly at the Mets' expense. But, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to have some laughs and to entertain. And, uh, yeah, maybe we got carried away a little bit. But, anyways, it was good radio. Let's say hi to Paul in Queens. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Paulie, good evening. How are you? Dan, you're such, you're such a passionate guy. You know why. All, all these fans should realize what you do in the pre, uh, pre-game, the post-game. 
Listen, here's the thing. Bill Barnwell, Jets drama. You know, I think Jet fans now, all of us should follow this, you know, famous American slogan. Silence is golden. Let's keep our mouths shut. You know, they're going to be jabbing at us all the time. You know, the biggest opponent for the Jets is very simple, this, that Bill Barnwell forgot. It's called being healthy. When this team was healthy, does he remember the kind of giant, giant gains that, that Brees Hall had in those games against Green Bay and Chicago, that took a quarterback who's ranked one of the worst in football, Zach Wilson, have a 7-4 and four record. This team, if healthy, and that's the operative word, because you know what happens every year. Somebody goes down in training camp, i.e. see Carl Lawson. If this team is healthy, honestly, let's look at it on paper. Who's going to beat this team with a quarterback that these people don't get, that everybody, including you, is advocating and said, hey, our top five defense, they won seven games without a quarterback. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You know, Matthew Stafford went to the Rams, who honestly don't have as much talent as we did a couple of years ago, and they won the Super Bowl. It's about time that all our, all our just fans just keep our mouth quiet, don't get into the gibberish, and pray for something that we deserve for a long time, which is the Super Bowl. Dan, I'll talk to you during the year, buddy. Thank you. Paul, you're the best. Appreciate the call. And by the way, let me, let, let me also provide this context as well into this discussion. And we were pressed for time. That's why I didn't get to it there. Um, guys, the, the Teddy Bruschi audio. Back to, to the Barnwell stuff from, from Get Up. So you heard him when he was given his predicted order of finishing. He had the other guys on set, and one of them was like, what? Well, Teddy Bruschi, who, as you know, Teddy Bruschi is Mr. Patriot. Like, if you take off the, the, the costume of Pat the Patriot, you might see Teddy Bruschi underneath, okay? He, he, he bleeds Patriot blue and red through and through, right? He, he is Mr. Patriot. He's, you know, one of Bob Kraft's, you know, sons in the whole nine yards. So, Teddy even thought the idea of the Patriots finishing ahead of the Jets was absolutely insane. Listen to Teddy. I don't think they're going to be last. I think this defense is just too good. And what, what the biggest factor, we talk about canceling mini camps. The biggest factor is going to be getting Quinn and Williams signed. Salah mm. sounds good that he's going to be signed because September is going to be key for the New York Jets. Okay. Yep. If the New York Jets defense is solidified in the month of September, there will be growing pains in, I believe, for the offense. Okay. It's going to look clunky at first if the Jets carry them through September to where they get their stride. I don't think they're going to be in fourth. They'll be in second or first. But Quinnen Williams is the key. To look at him last like that, that's just something I don't see. Aaron Rodgers is, it's amazing what the quarterback can do to both sides or all three sides of the ball. And I think the Jets will be very good this year. I mean, like, really, it, it, it's amazing to me. And I know that there's, like, patriot propaganda still with the national media and everybody around. And, and they deserve that, right? When, when you win and are a Super Bowl contender for 20 consecutive years, that's going to happen. And it takes a while for that to dissipate. You know, I give credit where credit is due. Whether what I feel about them personally, it, it doesn't matter. Objectively speaking... I've said many times, and I'll continue to say it, what the New England Patriots did during that 20-year period while Brady and Belichick were together, that will never be duplicated again in our lifetimes in the history of the National Football League. That level of excellence will be unparalleled. Think about that. You know, this is the sport where parity reigns supreme. The format of the game is designed to where teams that were last have a chance to be first from one year to the next and vice versa. 
right? This team was in the conversation every single year for two decades, and that should be applauded. But you got to take those glasses off and stop drinking the Kool-Aid. They're not a good team. They're not. And I mean, Mac Jones? Like, this is a guy, if you read all the stuff coming out of Boston in the media, I mean, like, every, from one day to the next, you wonder if he's even going to be the starting quarterback. Like, the media up there is basically, like, holding Belichick to it and saying, hey, Bill, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? You know, people writing hit pieces on Mac Jones as to how he approached his second season last year. and Maybe he was too arrogant. and blah, blah, blah. So he's got the media taking him down. You got the media trying to induce the coach into saying that he's not necessarily in love with the quarterback. So the Jets go get the Hall of Fame quarterback. The Patriots are running it back again with Mac Jones, and yet the Jets are the ones that are going to finish in last. It just doesn't make sense. It sounds like, I mean, it almost sounds like Bill's on the Patriot payroll. That's what it sounds like. It's like he's Bob Kraft's puppet or something. I mean, it's, it's irresponsible. And I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl this year. Far from it. But they're not going to finish in la- Let's put it this way. If the Jets finish in last place, something will have gone horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't play half the season. Horribly wrong. That's the only way I could see them finishing in last place. I mean, it, it's, it, it's comical. It's comical. Let's say hi to uh, Richard in Manhattan. Is he up next? Richard, how are you? Hi, Dan. Dan, by the way, do you know what time the Djokovic-Alcaraz uh, matches? Yes. It is 8.45 a.m. our time tomorrow, and it is on Tennis Channel exclusively. 8.45 tomorrow morning. Yes. Oh, that's great. Hey, why is it that the women pay, play best of three and the men play best of five? In the Grand Slams, that's the way it's always yeah. been. Yeah. I understand, but in this day and age, doesn't that change or no? Yeah. You would think. Why do why do they use a different basketball in, in, in women's basketball, too? I don't know. That's physical. I think women's hands are smaller. Well, possibly. But, I mean, those those gals that play in the WNBA, some of them are tall. You know, they're, they're basketball players. I still don't think they have the size of the hands as men. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you know, what, you know Richard, you know what I'm going to do? Because I really don't have a lot planned this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to go up to women at random, especially ones that are taller <laughs> than me, and I'm going to ask them to put their hands out so I can measure. Uh, okay. Dan, you know. And I'll report Ming- back on. Harvey, write that down. Monday I got to report back on my findings. <laughs> Yao Ming did pretty well. He wasn't American. You know? What was that? Talking Yao about, Ming wasn't what? Yeah, he wasn't American, and uh, he did right. pretty well advertising and media-wise more than uh, Jokic, you know? You Absolutely. were saying that Jokic isn't an American, but people saying he doesn't get his credit. But not because, not be, like you said, he's just not uh, an attention seeker. Some, That's probably, Richard, sometimes yeah. in sports we see that. Like, for example, I remember, and it was a big topic of conversation several years ago, I don't remember what year it was, when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown for the Tigers, right? I mean, that was, that was big news. That hadn't been done by anybody in decades. So back when I was doing national shows, you know, that was something that was brought to the forefront. And, you know, the point being was that, you know, Cabrera, the fact that, you know, English wasn't his first language, so when you talk about doing interviews and all those type of things, like he maybe wasn't as comfortable as some of these other guys, and you hoped that it would be marketed more. But unfortunately, it wasn't. I mean, I don't care if you're like a casual baseball fan, you know, maybe you just dip in every so often. Like, a guy won the Triple Crown that had not been done since the 60s. And yes, and here we are, somebody did it. And it got a fraction 
of the attention and the publicity that it did. And to me, that was unfortunate. And that was kind of like one of the, I don't want to say one of the first, but it was almost, you know, one of those signs that you got to where you're like, you know, now it's starting to hit home a little bit. Maybe baseball just ain't as popular as it once was, right? That's the fact of the matter. Because that was a pretty damn impressive feat, don't you think? Somebody hit for the Triple Crown. 162 games of baseball season. And it should have got played up more than it was. Really, really. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll hear from the Giants. Their coaches talk today out at East Rutherford, even though they didn't have a workout because of the air quality stuff. But some interesting things coming from their coordinators. PJ is going to join us at 930. So 15 minutes we'll hear from Mr. Carlissimo. Grass Show, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets and Braves have finally made it through five innings. Hey, it's an official game. Mets have a 9-6 lead. Still got to get 12 more outs, though, so hijinks may still ensue, of course. Yanks right now have a lead over the White Sox, 3-0. They're in the sixth. And Stanley Cup Finals, 1-1 Panthers and Golden Knights after one period of play. But, geez, Vegas scores another power. That's five power play goals already in two games plus a period so far in this series. I mean, they got to stay out of the box. Must stay out of the box. Let's say hi to Simon in New Haven. He's up next year on 98.7. Hey, Simon, how are you? Hey, Dan, how you doing? Simon, I'm great. What's going on on your end? I wanted to make a comment about uh, that schmuck that called you about saying not to resign Aaron Judge. What is he crazy? I, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. Let me let me let me explain something to that schmuck. All right. First of all, Judge is a gift from God. All right. I came up with that nickname. He's he carries this team. He's like the Reggie Jackson of this team. He's he's the straw that stirs the drink. Uh-huh. Stirs behind him. All I right? think Aaron Judge might even he be getting his own candy bar soon, like Reggie. He is a gift from God. That's true. No matter what God you believe in, he is a gift. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, I know, I know he, he's not in the line, but who, who, does he, who does that schmuck want to replace Judge with? Knobloch? Nick oh, Simon, Johnson? Stop, Simon, you have Gardner? to stop with the hostilities or I got to hang up on you. Come on. You're, you're sitting here calling out our buddy there, like calling him names. That's not nice. He's not here to defend himself. We can't have that. I like Judge. Judge is, I no, I'm talking about him. Know. I'm talking about the guy in Tom's River who made the call. Not Judge. Judge could defend oh. himself. Oh, you're calling him names. I mean, That's not nice. Come on. 
Well, well, well he insulted our guy. Well, I, you know what? I think Aaron Judge will sleep good tonight. I don't think it's going to affect him too much. But it shouldn't affect you either. Well, you know, because, you know, I, I, I like Aaron Judge. I mean, he, he does a lot of this. He carries he carries that team, you know, and, you know, he does he does his best. He makes – he's a heck of an outfielder. I still say, you know, he should, they should make him a DH, but, you know. Well, he's got to be able to walk first, and he's going to get that toe fixed if he's going to help this team at all down the stretch. Um, and, and we don't have any timetable right now, and, and it's got to make you a little nervous, too, if you're a Yankee fan. And we just moved on from uh, Simon. But, Simon, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. What was all the hostility? Sitting there calling him names. I'm starting to wonder if that word is, like, you know, a common thing he says in, in at home. But it's not, it's not, it's not cool. It's an know? old school word, I think. It's but. All, yeah, but it's, 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 we don't want that. Because who was the caller again? What was his name from Tom's River? Was it Steve? Was that the caller? I don't even know anymore. This show has been flying. It has been flying. This, think about it. This show was going to be over way before the Mets game. But my point is, is that our buddy, he's not on the line to defend himself. And we're not going to have him call back in either. We can't have that. You know, you get one shot. That's it. But that's not right. You can't just have a guy taking shots. I wonder how it was back in those days. I wonder how it was back in those days. Like if you if you called somebody, uh, what was it, a schmuck? He said, "Yeah." How would it be back in those days? Would it be like you know, put your dukes up and you go at it? Maybe exactly. Yeah. Fight fire with fire, you know. But but that's we we can't have that. You know that's what this what this show is designed for. We're not gonna have like the callers attacking each other. Remind the people what was the show designed for? I have no idea. (laughs) It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Remember, I got caught up being the judge and everything in the last uh, last week when we were dealing with all that you, stuff. Like, you I'm made the guy it a stuck mission. In the middle. You made it a mission that you're gonna you're gonna mediate and bring the peace. Apparently, yeah. I, but but you know what? Again, like I, I'm, it's not what I wake up in the morning to do. You know, it's not what you put it out there. For. I know. I'm not clamoring for it. It's the worst part. Is PJ ready yet? No, PJ's not ready yet. You said 9.30. <laughs> I know. Must have been a good dinner, right? I give him credit for even coming on. If I was down in South Beach, and somebody wanted me to come on the show, like at, especially like at this time, if I had a dinner or whatever, I would have said, nah, I'm good, man, thanks. I appreciate the offer, but I'm good. I would be asleep. I don't know what it is about good food, but it puts you to sleep like, well, immediately. Well, think about it. I'm sure there's great restaurants and everything down there. The last thing you want to do, and I don't care what your commitment is, but like the last thing you want to do, no matter where you are, is rush through a meal. Or call sure Dan Grosso right meal. after. Huh? Or call Dan Grosso right or, after. Exactly. That's what I mean. Well, that would have to necessitate him rushing through the meal because he made the commitment to come on the show, which we appreciate. Love PJ. He's one of the best. Like I said, I'm pleasantly surprised that he even agreed to do it because if it was me, I don't know if I would have obliged. Because he's down in Miami. Like, the way this series is going, who knows if he's even going to make a trip back to Miami. It could, be, it could be over with Monday. Right? Could be. No. You don't think it is? No. I got a, I, I got a weird feeling the Heat are going to win one of these games, too. I'm, you know what I'm hoping for? The Jimmy Butler game where he goes off. That's what I'm hoping for. We haven't had one yet in this series. Nope. Tomorrow. And last night... They didn't even give the Heat any chance to, like, do one of these fourth-quarter uprisings like they usually do because they put that game over in the third. That got out of there. Boy, Francisco Alvarez just hit a second home run. It was like a free. Yeah, there you go. Here we go. Let's go. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. 
Step right up and hit two home runs for the Mets. That was like a line drive home run to left center field, almost like the deepest part of the ballpark. And I didn't even think he got it all that good. It looked like he got it off the end of the bat. Damn, that kid is strong. I think he's he, not he's not a big guy either. Like, look at him. He's giving like high fives in the dugout. He's like jumping to give some of the guys the high five. He's not like a big guy. I think regardless, he's earned himself a well deserved rest, don't you think? Yeah, let's get Daniel Vogel back some at bats. <laughs> I think he needs to rest. He just, you know what it is? Alvarez just guaranteed that he'll be out of the lineup tomorrow and Daniel Vogelback is going to DH. That's probably what's going to happen here. My goodness. I don't know. When, when, when do you start to feel comfortable about um, this Mets game? They have a 10-6 to 6 lead. Isn't that amazing? You score 10 runs. The game isn't even in Colorado. It's only in the sixth inning, and yet you still don't even feel that it's in the bag yet. You should be happy, though, that these bats are waking up, no? Blind squirrel finds an acorn. I wouldn't call Francisco Alvarez a blind squirrel. No, he's not. I actually think he's 20-20 on the eye test. But do you know altitude-wise? This is a, this is not too many people think this. As far as, like, altitude for National League ballparks... Atlanta's number three. Colorado's number one, of course, because, you know, the ball flies out of there. Number two is Arizona, and then number three is Atlanta. Oddly enough. Maybe that's helping the Mets. Not really, because where was this the first two nights of the series? So you know that that wouldn't have uh, mattered much. Anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, as promised, the great P.J. Carlissimo ESPN Zone. He will join us, talk a little hoops. Game four of the finals, manana between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets right here on 98.7. It's the Grasso Show coming right back on 98.7 ESPN. Put your dukes up and you Got go at it. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. 10-6 Mets in the sixth. Over Atlanta, Yanks 3-0 in the seventh over the Chicago White Sox. We'll catch up here pretty soon with our pal P.J. Carlismo. Talk a little hoops with him. You know, a couple of things in baseball, too, before we get to P.J., uh, outside of, you know, our city here, but kind of involving people that are familiar with our city. Do you see what a couple of former Met and Yankees are doing with their new teams after they were kicked to the curb? You see what Gary Sanchez. Now, look, there were a lot of teams that gave up on Gary Sanchez. Giants gave up on Gary Sanchez. Twins gave up on Gary Sanchez. Mets, Yanks, you name it. Gary Sanchez landed in San Diego with the Padres. Played nine games with them. He's got four home runs, nine RBIs, and his OPS is 1168. Now, I don't know if that's sustainable, but the way he was going with the Mets, I mean, he could have gotten 40 games and maybe not have hit four home runs and put up numbers like that. And how about our buddy Aaron Hicks? who signs with a division rival, the Baltimore Orioles. Seven games with the O's. He's 7 of 19, and he's got an OPS of over 1,100. Isn't that something? Imagine if these guys are actually play like instrumental roles for these new clubs as far as maybe getting them to the postseason. Like, you know, the Padres have been underachieving even more so than the Mets so far in the first couple of months of the season. Could you imagine if they turn things around? Gary Sanchez is one of the big reasons, and Gary Sanchez is like the game one starting catcher for the Padres in the postseason against the Mets, maybe. Oh, my gosh. And Aaron Hicks. All seriousness, though, 
you know, you embrace what certain guys do and what they accomplish in this game. And Luis Arise of the Marlins, I know it's the Marlins, and, you know, they get like five people to come to the games and whatnot, but Luis Arise, what he has done for them this year has been pretty cool. Marlins are not playing today. But remember, he was the AL batting champion last season with Minnesota, got traded during the offseason for Pablo Lopez because the Twins needed starting pitching help. Miami needed some offensive help. So they trade for Arise. So far, he's batting 403. 403. Now, the last player in baseball to be hitting over 400 this late into the season, you got to go back to 2008. That was Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer with the Atlanta Braves. Chipper on this date in 2008 was batting 420, as a matter of fact. Now, he cooled off not long after, but he still managed to finish at 364, and he won a batting title that year. I mean, 364 is not too shabby, as we know. But it's really impressive where, think about this guy, new league, new surroundings, all that stuff, and the fact that it's just, you know, two-plus months into the season and he's hitting over 400, I think that's pretty cool, and that should be celebrated for a rise. He, I mean, how many hits did he get against the Mets in those couple of series that they played him earlier this year? I mean, he, he was killing them already, and he was only a Marlin for five minutes. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone numbers. We wait for PJ to join us here to talk a little NBA Finals. You know, uh, who was it? It was Richard who called up and asked about the tennis. And in all seriousness, you guys know that I'm a tennis guy. I'll be all over the semifinals tomorrow with the French Open because you got two blockbusters. You really do. And it's kind of surprising that the tournament, they decided to schedule the main event for the first match. So Djokovic and Alcaraz. Alcaraz, the number one player in the world. He's 20 years old. Against Novak Djokovic, who's tied for the most Grand Slam victories of all time with 22 alongside Nadal. They're going to play in the first semifinal. It's at 8.45 in the morning, our time, Paris time. It's, you know, almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It'll be on the Tennis Channel if you want to watch it. And then NBC picks up the coverage, I think, a couple of hours after that. But that is going to be an incredible that, – that, that's good enough to be a final. That should be a final. Instead, it's a semifinal. And then in the second semi, you got an interesting matchup with Kasper Ruud and, and Sasha Zverev. Kasper Ruud was in the finals last year, and he got beaten by Rafael Nadal. Everybody loses to Nadal at the French Open. And Zverev was a guy who last year at the French Open, his career took a detour because he suffered a nasty ankle injury where he, like, tore and shred ligaments in a match against Nadal, ironically enough, late in the tournament. And now he's back, and he's in the semifinals. So each one of these guys has their own unique story and history with this tournament that they take with them to the red clay tomorrow. And I think that these have a chance. These could both be, like, four-hour-plus matchups tomorrow which is freaking awesome. Now, Alcaraz and Djokovic, because of the way the schedule worked out, they have an extra day of rest leading into that match tomorrow because they both last played on Tuesday. So they had Wednesday and Thursday off, whereas Rude and Zverev played on Wednesday, so they're not going to be as fresh here. I think they're going to be great. I'm going to actually give the slight edge to Alcaraz, believe it or not. I think he takes out Djokovic. I think it's going to be you know a, a tightly contested four-setter. Um you know, Alcaraz only has the one major so far, but he's going to win a ton of more trophies, big trophies, big tournaments, Grand Slams. He won the U.S. Open last year, and I think he's right now obviously the front runner to get his first in Paris. Djokovic has won the French twice. 
Remember, it's hard in the last 20 years for anybody not named Rafael Nadal to win that tournament. He won it 14 times, but Nadal not there this year because of the injury situation. Uh, he may not play in the French Open again. He thinks that next year is going to be his last year on tour, so he hopes. Just had hip surgery. It's going to knock him out for the rest of the season. But, you know, at that age, you can wait and hope and pray and all those things, but the body may not cooperate, and he may not be able to have the grand farewell tour uh, for 2024. We shall see, but... I'll give a slight edge to Alcaraz, and I think that Rude, that might be a five-setter against Zverev, and I think Rude will find a way to eke it out. You know, the fact that he's been on this stage before, made it to the finals last year, he probably feels as well that he's primed to finally get over the hump and win this tournament with no Nadal there. So these are going to be fun matches tomorrow. I can't wait to watch them. And, uh, yeah, if you want to watch them, Tennis Channel and NBC then they pick up the coverage. Remember, NBC, that's the only uh, major that they're still involved in as far as Grand Slam tennis is concerned. You know, ESPN got out of the French Open game several years ago, even before COVID. They decided it wasn't worth their while. Uh, You know, obviously, I'm sure that there were some dollars and cents reasons behind it as well. So NBC is still involved uh, as the primary broadcast home for the French Open, along with the Tennis Channel here. So they should be a lot of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to it. These are going to be great, great matchups, and... You know, before you know it, you're into the grass court season with Wimbledon in another few weeks, and then, you know, summer hard courts, and then it'll be the U.S. Open at the end of the summer, which I'm not wishing to get here just yet because then that means it's the end of the summer. That's like the, the bitter – it's always like, you know, the U.S. Open and the start of the football season. It's bittersweet because that means it's, you know, the start of kind of everything else, and the summer is over. Nevertheless, without further ado, though, as promised, let's go out to the guest line right now and bring on our very own – ESPN Radio Zone, our good buddy, P.J. Carlismo, who's on the call for these NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. P.J., it's Dan Grassa. Great to talk to you again, my friend. How are things? Dan, it's great. I apologize for being late. It was not my fault. Kesty and Doris Burke kept <laughs> telling me, have another course, have dessert, have coffee. They may have even suggested something else. And, I, you know, I would say, no, look, I got to go do the show. They said, no, Dan will understand. Don't worry about it. P- PJ, let me tell you something. Late, no need to apologize, okay? Because before you even came on, I even told everybody, I says, you know what? I appreciate I appreciate you even making the commitment because if I was in your shoes, yeah. I'm in South Beach. I got all these great restaurants. The last thing I would want would want to have my dinner cut short because I had to make an interview commitment here. So I appreciate no, no, it, no. My Let me tie. You're gonna laugh at me. Let me tie it in the 98.7. Yeah, the, the restaurant we're at is very close to the arena. It's called Il Gabbiano, but it was created. It's owned by the two gentlemen who were really close friends, Fernando and Gino Mashi, who started Il Molino in New York. They, they're the two brothers, and, and uh, wow. Fernando's wife, Palumba, started Il Molino, and now this is Gabbiano. They kind of retired, if you will, to Florida, and this is their restaurant, and it's like, you know, I hate to say anything is as good as El Molino, but it, it, it really is. But it, it's the two guys that are such good friends. And El Molino, I, I, I think they had some record for like 20-some years in a row. It was voted the best Italian restaurant in New York. Oof. And uh, at, at least I was smart enough to go to a, a great restaurant here in Florida. But I do apologize. I'm sorry. No. PJ, serious, all, all serious. I'm glad you had a great meal. And you know what? You make me hungry now. Now my stomach is growling talking about all this great Italian food. It's, it's never too late for that. Down. If, you, if you come to Florida, you go to Il Gabbiano, G-A-B-B-I-A-N-O. 
there's, there is not a better restaurant in Miami. It's fantastic. Will do. Definitely on the bucket list for sure there. All right, let, let, let's talk some shop here and talk about this series. For sure. Denver, Denver gets the upper hand with that performance last night. Vintage Nuggets. Here's my question to you. This is the only time in this series between games three and four where there's one day between games. How much of a disadvantage, you think, is that for the team like Miami who maybe has to make some adjustments here? I, I think they're fine. You know what? It, it's funny. We were talking about Doris did the entire uh, Eastern uh, East, Eastern finals. Kessie mm-hmm. and I were out West, and Doris was with Dave Bash doing the East, and they were playing every other day. And they were, you know, sometimes after you got to, you know, first two games in Boston and three and four in Miami, then it was like every other day. And they had travel in between. You know, so, I mean, game four was in – uh, Miami, and then Game Five was a day later, so they're used to it. And I swear, in in a perverse way, because he's a good friend and he's a great coach. I think Spo likes this; like he doesn't want to be ahead a couple games, like you saw with that when they were ahead three zero. I mean, they they want to be like up against it. Like we're not supposed to win this game. Every it's over. Everybody's writing it over. You know, Denver's going to celebrate. They play better when their backs are against the wall. And everybody goes, like, this nonsense is over. This team can't be an eight seed. They can't almost have lost in the playing game, and they're, and they're going to continue to win. So, you know, I am I love Denver. We had them out west. I think Michael Malone's team is the best team in the NBA. But I'm scared. Like, Miami has convinced me by what they've done and listening to Doris and, and listening to her and Dave Bash do the games. Every time you think they're, they're done and you're kicking dust on them, they come back and play. So I just expect a spectacular effort from Miami on Friday. But, like, objectively, to me, Denver's the better team. Uh, it's a great team. They've been, you know, they've been solid the whole year. Miami had to deal with all the injuries, and they were in and out, and they finally came together at the end. And then all of a sudden, they lose Hero Oladipo, like, right beginning the playoffs. And you go, well, that's it. They're done. And they, they get better. So, um, I'm I'm scared. Uh, if I'm if I'm Michael Malone, and I know Michael how much he respects uh, not just Spo but this Miami team. Every time it looks like it's over for them, they find a way. But they got their work cut out for them Friday night because uh, Denver is playing very very well. Uh, those two guys, Nikola Jokic and oh. uh, Jam- Jamal, I, you know, like I, I'm I'm laughing because. I don't know how you can be a two-time MVP and people don't realize how special it is. It's, we're the ones to blame. I'm not blaming 98-7. I'm blaming Bristol. We didn't have him on enough. This guy's been a two-time MVP, and so many people are seeing him for the first time going, wow, I didn't know he was this good. He is this good. And Jamal Murray has never been an all-star in, in, in the NBA. He's never been an all-NBA player. Now, a lot of that had to do with his – after we had the great run in the bubbles in the playoffs when they got to when they got to the you know, uh, finals of the Western Conference against the Lakers, but this guy's never been an All Star. He's one of the best players in the entire league. Uh, so it's I mean last night they do something that's never been done in the history of the NBA Finals. We get two guys on the same team uh, getting triple doubles. So it's a it's a great great team. But Miami's one of these. It's like, is it the vampires or whatever it is, the one you got to put a stake in their heart? Oh, yeah. Or they're going to keep coming back? Like, they better put a stake in their heart because Miami will find a way to get back in this series. 
Talking to PJ Carlismo here on 98.7. He's got the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. And, and you know, just again on Jokic, and the, the skill set is extremely unique. It's special, the whole nine yards. And, you know, everybody makes a big deal, and rightfully so, about how well he passes the ball as a big man, and he does. And it's funny because growing up, the last guy that size that I saw pass the ball as well or if not better than Djokovic was a guy that you had, PJ, in Portland, and I'm talking about Sabonis. And remember, he came over here probably after his so-called prime years overseas. Not probably. I'll dead disagree with you respectfully. He was on the downside, but he was the best passing big man. See? I thought internationally. But And I'll give Vlade props like real close, but I I love Arvidas. I mean, he kept me alive for a couple years in Portland. He's delightful. (laughs) And how about his son is such a great player. Yep. But he, he wasn't as, as good as he was, and I loved him. He was not as good a passer as this. This guy is absurd. He sees every player on the floor. He finds the guy you're supposed to get it to, and he, he looks the defense away. He can float a pass like over a, a front. He can throw like a, almost a Kevin Love three-quarter court pass. He can throw a bounce pass and thread a needle. He, he's exceptional. He, he really is you know, borderline savant in terms of the way he plays. But I, I mean, I'm stealing money doing games watching this guy play. That's how good he is. And the front row seat, it's like you should be paying them to be able to get that close to witness it. For You're sure. exactly I, right. Well, in Denver, I should. Miami's <laughs> got us up in the peanut gallery, but in Denver, <laughs> I should be paying. I should be paying for my seat in Denver for sure. Is it refreshing to you? Because it is for me, at least. And, you know, from an old school point of view that I approach it is I look at this Denver team. They're two wins away from a championship. Best team, the whole nine yards. And it's refreshing in this day and age, PJ, with the game has evolved, that they don't have to live and die by the three-point shot. Is that satisfying to you in a way? It is. And, I, and, I'm, and she's sitting in the back seat behind me. And I, I would only do this. She's the best analyst we have. Uh, she's unbelievable. The two dummies, Doris and myself, this morning when we were printing stats, I said, do you believe this? Denver only had five three-point shots last night. We didn't pick up on that. We knew they were struggling. We said they can't make a three. I don't know, but they were doing so good in the paint, it didn't matter. And their defense was so good, Miami couldn't make them either. When I saw the stats this morning, I said, how did we miss this? All we kept saying during the game was they're not making any threes. But we never said they just won this game convincingly in the NBA Finals, and they made five three-point shots. Yep. That's how well they played last night. It's, it's amazing. They've shot 28% from three in the two games that they've won in the series. Yeah, exactly. I asked Michael Malone that today, and he kind of like shook his head. He goes, yeah, we, we need to do that better. I mean, it's like it's absurd. That's how well they're, they're the best offensive team in the NBA. They were in the regular season. I think they have been in the playoffs now. Miami's shooting a little slightly better percentage than them, uh, three-point shots. But, I mean, if they start making three-point shots, you're going to you're gonna have to make this team illegal because with, you know, Murray and Jokic and all these other guys they have, when, they, when they're making their threes, they're going to, like, score 135, 140 points. Uh, that's why they're so tough to beat. They're better defensively than people give them credit for, and they're so good offensively, and they're so tightly – bound together and Michael Malone again it's I love the fact that Jokic and Murray but more so Jokic I mean two-time MVP and people didn't realize how good he was uh and 
Michael Malone is getting his props right now because people are seeing how great a coach he is. So it's a, there's a lot of good things about it. The series is not over. Spo may pull another rabbit out of his hat mm-hmm. and somehow get, get his team back in this. But uh, it's great for Denver, and I'm sure we're going to be doing games in Denver uh, next year. Thank God. Definitely. You know, it's always sometimes comes a year too late, but they've deserved it for sure here when it comes to the attention. Let me leave you with this one, PJ, and I appreciate a couple of minutes as always. When you look at Miami, Bam has been great this series. You know Jimmy is going to do his thing. Is it really just as simple with them as relying or having to rely on their supporting cast? If those guys show up, then that generally means the Heat are able to steal a game? Well, they got a shot. I, I, I think, truthfully, Bam's been great. Like, this is how dumb I am. When the series started, I thought, I said, well, I know Jimmy's going to be absurd. Can Bam be good? Because I know how good, having worked the West, I said, I know how good Nicola and Jamal are going to be. Well, it's been the opposite. Bam's been better. Bam has been great. Jimmy's been very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But Jimmy hasn't been playoff Jimmy yet. He's been really, really good, but not as special as Murray or Jokic, and not as special as Bam. But I, I think Bam has outplayed Jimmy to this point. Now, if Jimmy steps it up, you're right, and it's going to come down to exactly that. Is Struce going to make threes? Keller Martin looked healthy last night for the first time. From when he was sick, he looked different to me last night. He looked healthier. And poor Gabe Vincent, the same thing happened to him that happened to KCP. They got in foul trouble. They couldn't stay on the floor, so they struggled. But Gabe Vincent has been great. But you're right. If, if Jimmy can turn it up a notch, and I'm, I'm really being critical, which is unfair to Jimmy, but if he turns it up to no, a notch where, like, all four of the great players cancel themselves out, then it's, come down, it's going to come down to Christian Bra or Michael Porter Jr. if he can make it three, or, or these the people, they, they call them the others on Denver. They call them the undrafted guys on, on Miami. But the four bigs have got to play great before it comes to those other guys. No doubt about that. PJ, listen, I appreciate a couple of minutes, even after dinner. I'm going to go online when the show's over and make my reservation for Il Gabiano. I appreciate the recommendation. <laughs> give, my best to, give my best to Doris and to Kesty and everybody, and uh, we'll do it again soon, PJ. But thanks, my friend. I appreciate it as always. Dan, great being with you. Thank you very much. All right, there's our pal P.J. Carlissimo. He's got the calls, of course, with Doris Burke, Mark Kestisher on ESPN Radio for the NBA Finals, the rest of the series. Game number four tomorrow, of course, right after we're done at 8.30 here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so Will Gabbiano, you know, there, there, you can't pass up an Italian restaurant recommendation. Il Molino, of course, in the city, we're familiar with that. I mean, that, that, that stands on its own. But to get the recommendation down there in Miami, now what I have to, not, not that I question PJ. I don't question PJ at all. But what I'm going to do just to be able to provide further context, I'm going to talk to some of my buddies who make regular trips down there to Miami and see if they have partaken in a little feasting at that establishment and, and just to kind of pick their brain. Not going to steer me away one way or the other. Maybe just going to make me a little bit more excited. I'm all in. I mean, you say Italian food, you got to go. Oh, there you keep, hmm. Already, my mouth watering already when it comes to that stuff. Who says you can't eat a good meal at 10 o'clock? Not me. Surely not I. There you go. Perfect. I'm trying to get reservations, trying to get a couple of, you know, seats at uh, some of the places here in our city that I can't get into because the reservations are impossible to get.
and I'm pulling all the strings, you know, calling in all the favors, the whole nine yards. It's tough, man. My dad's 100% Italian. <laughs> I love Italian beef. What about the meatballs? The meatballs one isn't in there from He's Gallo? Mr. Italian beef. They don't have the Gallo one with his mom's meatballs? That one was good. That's not there? That's terrible. That's terrible. That's How is that not there? Because Anthony was the one who put that in. I basically was the one who pointed him out. That My mom makes yeah. fantastic meatballs. There you go. <laughs> I go for some. You know, what I go for it right now. How about a nice meatball sandwich? Nice, nice, fresh Italian. You don't get a fresh Italian roll at ten o'clock at night. I That's, love you know, meatballs. If they're good, I oh. think of meatballs. How do we get on this subject anyway? Well, because of PJ, that's why. Anyway, um, so yeah, game four tomorrow night. We are going to have a shortened show for you again tomorrow. We'll go from 7 to 8.30 right after TMKS. But, you know, we'll bring it. We'll see if the Mets are going to be able to hang on. Uh, maybe some of you are hoping that the Mets won't hang on. So maybe you'll get a first hour of the show like we had tonight, which was a little off the rails, but it was entertaining nonetheless. 10-7 Mets in the seventh inning over Atlanta. Yankees right now with a 3-0 lead, that one in the ninth, so seeing if they could get a split of this doubleheader. Uh, as I check the hockey score right now, Vegas has a 2-1 lead over the Florida Panthers, that one late in the second period. Remember, Vegas wins this game. It's pretty much over because they're going to go up three games to none. So we'll see how that one goes there. And remember, um, Saturday, I don't know if we mentioned Saturday yet. Saturday we're going to do a little flip-flop. Normally we do our show for you 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Well, we have to move some things around because I'm going to be doing the show Saturday from the Jets training center in Florham Park. They're doing a um, flag football tournament on Saturday. And so they asked us to cover it. Anita was the one that was going to go out there. Something happened. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? The place is like a second home to me anyways. I'll do the show there. So if you're waking up Saturday and looking for us in our usual spots Saturday morning at 9 we're going to be on at noon instead, 12 to 3 on Saturday. So write that down in your calendars. A little bit of a little shuffle when it comes to the schedule there. That is going to do it, though, for us tonight. This was a fun one. Really and truly was. Had a little bit of everything. Want to thank PJ Carlissimo for coming on the show and for the restaurant recommendation. Always appreciate that. Want to thank Harvey. Want to thank Joe. Want to thank everybody that called, that listened, tweeted, the whole nine yards. We'll catch you again tomorrow at 7P, right after TMKS. Be safe, everybody, and we will talk to you again to close out the work week manana. Gordon and Larry coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. Grass is saying, I'm out. Ben, it's great. I apologize for being late. It was not my fault. Kesty and Doris Burke <laughs> kept telling me, have another course, have dessert, have coffee. <laughs> 